I want to talk to you about conflicts and contrast, which seem to be, conflict and contrast seem to be defining, unfortunately, our time. We have around us a world that has absolutely gone mad and very confused. And yet I'm hopeful because for such a time as this, the church exists. We're here, you're here, because you're a light in the world of darkness. You're the word of hope in a world of chaos and confusion. You matter and you make a difference. In the midst of the chaos and the confusion of life, Jesus offers absolute clarity as only he can. Let me tell you the story. I'm going to talk from John 10, but John 10 is there because of John chapter 9. John chapter 9, there's a blind man. Jesus sees the guy and he heals his blindness and and everybody, but he did it on the Sabbath, which was really a big deal to the legalists, to the religious. They didn't care if the guy could see or not. It just mattered somebody did something on the Sabbath. And so, broke the law. And so, they questioned the guy, and they cornered him and said, okay, you, you can see, and I get that, but what, you know, we don't like what's happened. Explain to us what happened. How could, and they under, understand the Pharisees are saying Jesus is the bad guy. He's the bad guy. Now, this guy's just got a sight back. He's not seeing it that way. He's going, eh, I don't think he's a bad guy. <laughs> but I think he's a prophet. I think he came from God somehow. And I don't understand it. Can't explain it. Don't have to explain it. I just know I can see. And so they're questioning him. And they're pressuring him to say something. That we don't, don't give this guy glory. He's a bad guy. And so they bring the parents in. And they say, tell me, listen, what's going on here? And the parents, because they're afraid they're going to get thrown out of the synagogue, Throw their kid under the bus. He's a man, but they throw him. I say, he's old enough. He can explain himself. And they say, okay, tell us again. He said, all I can tell you is this guy met me, wanted to ask me if I wanted to see. I said, I did. He, and he, and he, did, he, he healed me, and I can see. And we all know that this has got to be from God. And they threw him out of the synagogue. Wow. Jesus heard about it and went and found him. And said, man, do you, do you believe in the Son of Man, the Son of God? He said, I, who is he? He said, I'm standing right in front of you. I'm talking to you. He said, man, I believe. No brainer, right? And so, Jesus then shares his parable about a thief and a good shepherd. About there's many flocks out there, but there's only one that belongs to the good shepherd. And when he explains, he shares the parable, some say, we don't understand what you're saying. And so here's, here's the message for the day. There was a lot of confusion. And there was, there was, so he says, here's what it is. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant about the thief and the good shepherd. So he explained it to them very clearly. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the door. And that I am is real important. That I am is actually saying I am 
of Exodus. The, guy, the God who talked to Moses is the God who's talking to you now, incidentally. That wasn't accidental. I am. They're going, what did he just do? I am the gate. I am the door. I, it means I'm the only unique, absolutely none other. I'm the door. I'm the gate for the sheep. And all who come before me were thieves and robbers. Many have told you the wrong thing. Many have deceived you. Many have lied to you about how you can get to God and how you can know God, how you can follow God. They've just taken advantage of you. They've burdened you with unnecessary laws and rules. They've overwhelmed you with false teaching. And he says, so I want you to know that here, now, here and now, there's a flock. And I'm the only door. But the true sheep did not listen to the bad guys, the thieves and robbers. And that verse 9, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved, delivered from the power of sin, the consequence of sin, the penalty of sin. They will come and go freely. I love this. They're going to come in and out and go freely and find good pasture. Now, the picture of this is real simple. And if, even if you go there today, the, if you watch shepherds, there's, a, there's, there's walled areas where the sheep go in, and there's just one gate. There's not multiple gates to a flock. There's just a walled area, and the sheep go in, and the shepherd lays in front of the open gate. He stands in the gate to protect them at night. At night, they, he rounds them up, gets them in. In the morning time, he calls them. He speaks, and they come out and find pasture, rest, and, and restoration. They find these things, and that's just pretty cool. That's the good shepherd. Now, in light of that, here's what happens. During the day, they'll be out grazing and moving around and getting water and kind of doing their thing, and then the shepherd will speak again. And it's amazing because at the end of the day, there'll be several shepherds out on the landscape, and they'll all begin to speak. And it's interesting because the sheep gather to the voice they know. And they follow him into the fold. And he then takes his place at the door. Jesus said, I'm the one. And I will take you in and out. I will bring you fulfillment and freedom, as Danny sang about so wonderfully this morning. I will bring that to you. I really will. And so, the purpose, look at this. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Wow. He's just spoke very clearly. I'm not the bad guy. I'm the good guy. Everybody's trying to tell you I'm the bad guy. Today in the 21st century, people are saying, you know, Jesus really is the bad guy. You Christians are the problem. You guys are the bad guys. Man, you're causing all the trouble. We'd be fine without y'all. One day they're going to get their wish. I'm not going to like it too much. They'll get that wish. At least the church will be gone one day. Anyway, here we go. So he said, look, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Man, I just want to give them, my sheep, what they need to enjoy life to the fullest. So he speaks with great clarity, and he says, first of all, there is a conflict of voices. There's a conflict of voices. Pretty much today, would you not agree with me, there's a conflict of voices? There are so many voices out there. So many, many voices, it makes your head hurt. 
and sometimes makes your heart hurt because of what's being said. But there's always been a conflict of voices. But there's that one voice that we as believers need to hear above all others. And we follow that voice because it's the voice of the good shepherd. But there's a conflict. The thief lies leading to deception and death. The good shepherd speaks truth bringing life, fulfillment, and freedom. There is a difference. You would have people say today, we're kind of all just the same family. It's just a global thing, and we're trying to be global in religion and global in ideology and global in philosophy. Our God is not a global God in that sense. He's a kingdom God, and his kingdom is supreme. And there's only one door into his kingdom, not many. And so he makes this very clear. He said, I want you to understand, the thief has been lying ever since the beginning of time, even before the beginning of time. He makes a very clear con uh, uh, picture of what it means to have conflict of one, thing, one voice saying one thing and voice, one voice saying another. I think about this thief who's been around for a long time. He has many disciples that continue his work of deception and division, disrespect. But you know where he first spoke? We have record of. He first spoke in a place called heaven where he managed to, with the gift of his beauty and wisdom, convince a third of the angels that they could take God's throne away. Can you imagine that? That boggles my mind. When I begin to think about that, you see, we've not seen the full glory of God. We haven't seen the full glory. We get, we get little slivers of his glory, and that's pretty good, isn't it? I mean, isn't that great just to get little slivers of his glory? We have not yet seen the full glory of God. We've not seen him face to face. But can you imagine angels that had seen the full glory of God be stupid enough to think they could take away his throne? I can't. So, Anyway, this thief said, I think I can steal God's throne. Who's with me? So the angel said, man, we will you do? Let's do this. They lost, and they become what we call demons today, fallen angels, that function in a world of darkness, carrying out the mission of the thief. Another time he spoke to Eve in the Garden of Eden and said, look, I know you've been told about this tree you can't eat of, knowledge of good and evil, but go ahead. If you want to be like God. Eat it, and you will know good and evil, and you will not die. Twisted the truth a good bit. She didn't die immediately, she died spiritually immediately, and she did die physically, along with Adam, who willfully took of the fruit. He lied to her, and in the process, he deceived her, and destroyed their life at a place called the Garden of Eden. They were cast out. The curse of sin entered this planet Earth, this world, and it touches everyone today. The thief. The thief whispered in the ear of Cain, you know, God likes your brother, but he likes you. You weren't treated fairly. Can't believe God rejected your offering. 
came to kill his brother because that's what the thief does. The thief speaks today and influences people. You see, I, I attended one church that, that I didn't enjoy as much. It was after the Dallas crisis, and they were kind of trying to deal with it, and, and they were talking about various ways of dealing with it and conversations and all this, and I, I get all that. But I want to tell you why people kill one another needlessly and heartlessly and cruelly. It's because somewhere they've believed the thief. He's influenced their hatred and their anger to such a degree that they violate God's laws and they commit murder. It is a spiritual problem. It is not an ethnic problem, a gender problem, a poverty problem. It is a spiritual problem. The devil, the thief, just steals people's opportunity for a better life by taking them down the wrong road. They convince them that hatred is the answer, that violence solves things, that disrespect brings order. And people believe it because we have managed to push God in the corner and we don't hear his voice across America. He steals peace and hope and the opportunity for a fulfilling life. For he's the bad guy. It's interesting when the blind man said, I think he's a prophet of God, talking of Jesus. The Pharisee says, we don't care if he's a prophet of God, we're a prophet of Moses. How do you pick a man over God? How does that work? And so today we seem to make the wrong choices about spiritual life and spiritual perception. We're choosing a lot of garbage and calling it good. And we keep trying to dismiss the good shepherd because the good shepherd, he speaks also. He has a voice that penetrates through the darkness and the confusion and chaos of life. Perhaps it's like the woman in the Samaritan well who showed up one day by herself, alienated from her own culture. And, and, and she's heart overwhelmed with her failures. And here's Jesus showing up and begins to talk to her about living water that will quench her spiritual thirst, her thirst for significance and value and fulfillment and purpose. He says, I, got, I can offer you something that will change your life from the inside out. How do I get this water? Been trying to find it in relationships. And I've missed time and time again. You're talking to the one who gives you living water. Just listen to my voice. She listened to his voice and she went back to the village and said, you got to come see a man who told me everything about me. you got to come see this guy. He's amazing when he talks. Oh, come see him. And they had revival in a Samaritan village. Perhaps the woman caught in the act of adultery would hear the voice of the good shepherd when Jesus said, said forgive her, go and sin no more. The Pharisees wanted to stone her. 
Jesus wanted to forgive me. The voice of the good shepherd. It's rather unique, isn't it? And then there's that to the religious fanatic with blood on his hands. Jesus interrupts his journey on the road to Damascus and makes his voice very clear. How long are you keep fighting me? Saul, I got a purpose for your life. When are you going to surrender to me? And the Apostle Paul became the great missionary of the first century church. He offered him a new beginning, a life purpose, and a living power. And may I say to you, Jesus still speaks today. He stands at the hearts of doors and knocks, offering life and freedom and fulfillment like no one else ever can. And the thief would like to silence that voice. He would like to discredit that voice, but he really can't. Because we also become part of that voice. And we share hope and grace and forgiveness. The devil is for anything and anyone but Jesus. Read some. That's, I want to read the next scripture to you. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give a rich and satisfying life. Verse 11. I am. There's that I am again. I am. And every Jew's going, what did he just say? What did he just say? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. I want you to note the contrast in character. The thief steals life from you. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for you. Second point. Got it? One's a conflict of voices, but this is a contrast in character. The thief steals life from you. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for you. see the difference? Can I tell you one is selfish? One is selfish. Satan wants to take people to hell with him. That's his whole desire. That's how he lives to take you with him. He wants you to follow him into what I call eternal destruction. But you don't die. That's his goal, man. He says, I want you to come to the party with me, but it ain't going to be a party where he ends up. He wants you to Compromise the truth of God. Compromise the person of God. May I say this? The tragedy of America is that we somehow have asked God to share his spot with other gods. And God doesn't share his spot with anybody. And that's our tragedy. And that's our crisis. The thief comes to steal. He just wants to take you to hell with him. But then the contrast in character is Jesus, who says, I'm the good shepherd. 
I want to sacrifice my life for you. I'm going to die on a cross for you to pay for everything you've ever done wrong, to make a way that you can be right with God forever and eternity. And because of that process, I can be with you every moment of every part of your life, even unto the end and through eternity. I can be with you because I'm the good shepherd. And my desire is to be with you and to take me to heaven. Take you to heaven with me, man. I, I, I'm ready to take you with me. And I'm going to die. I'm going to come back to life. I'm going to go to the Father. And then I'm going to come back for you. Because I want you with me. I want to be with you forever. The thief wants to use you. He's doing a good job, isn't he? For a lot of people. Such hatred and violence, pain and misery. But the good shepherd wants to save you, change your life. It is a tough world. I heard one of our leaders national leaders say that he thought everything was fine and I want to know what glasses he's been wearing it's not fine we're a nation in crisis because we think God shares his spot and he doesn't pretty alarming what's going on the lawlessness which is a sign of the ends of time Jesus is the good shepherd. <laughs> the good shepherd is clearly the best choice. Put your faith and hope in him. It's really clear. The only hope is Jesus. The only fulfillment of life in Jesus. The only power to make a difference is in Jesus. Jesus.